back on the Space Hour here on Federal News Network. I'm Eric White. Virgin Orbit, a sister company of Virgin Airlines and Virgin Galactic, just recently launched multiple satellites into orbit for three of its clients, the most well-known one being the Pentagon, more specifically the Defense Department Space Test Program. Experts will tell you defense space research programs like these are important for ensuring America maintains a healthy footprint in space. One of them is former Brigadier General Mark Baird, who was front and center for this particular launch as he is now president of Virgin Orbital subsidiary Vox Space. I had the chance to speak with Mr. Baird after the launch. This is the third consecutive operational mission uh, that we've had with multiple customers uh, and in the launch business, three consecutive missions in a row is a significant milestone. So we're extremely excited to have been able to uh, nail this one with precision. Uh, we had multiple customers to include uh, the space test program from the DOD side, we've had an international customer and some commercial customers. So being able to show the the, uh, the breadth of capability in a timely fashion in a in a unique environment was a huge thing for, for both us in Virgin Orbit and our customers. Yeah, more on the national security front, um, you know, rapid launch technology, what kind of impact are we looking at? And is, is it transformational and uh, improving the you know, U.S. space awareness and space dominance? Well, absolutely. The fact that we are introducing a capability to place assets in orbit for a national security space function that we've not been able to do before that aren't, in, that aren't fixed to a site, whether it's Cape Canaveral or Vandenberg, which are incredible capabilities, but they're fixed. They're governed by, obviously, weather... And the fact that we can do that outside any influence if somebody were to hold any of the fixed sites at risk, uh, and we can do it above the clouds, uh, which is, it was, uh, it was um, the name of the mission, but it was also a great thing to show because there was quite a lot of cloud cover and that the, uh, the capability was able to rise above the clouds and, and deploy a capability to an inclination from the West Coast that to my knowledge has never been done before. Uh, that is a huge uh, asset in the quiver of the national security space. The ones that are trying to make sure that we protect the country, our allies, and, and our interests. So that's a great capability that is a game changer. And what about that space test program that you mentioned? Uh, what is that? And uh, can you explain a little bit about what your involvement with it is? Sure. The space test program has been uh, has been in existence for many years. They're charged with new technologies, new capabilities. What are, are different things that we can do exploiting the, the fact that we're now in the ultimate high ground of space? And so that organization that falls under the, the Space Force works with research laboratories, works with the operational command to develop new capabilities here to four, they largely went from fixed site locations on either uh, a, a Minotaur system or uh, within some of the other fixed site capabilities. And we are building a relationship with them on you can actually put something up in a much more timely fashion uh, from different locations to test out those technologies. And then as we start looking at what is the future of the Space Force and the new combatant command, the United States Space Command? What are, 
what are things that they can use in order to achieve their objectives that are uh, that the space test program has been able to do that we can exploit in, in a, a broader capability with these new commands. Yeah, what else can you tell me about the private sector's role in the national security or, or helping the national security sector? I imagine, yeah, as you just mentioned, innovation. Um, but what other ways can this sort of relationship blossom and really help uh, everybody achieve the mission? Yeah, great question. And I, what I would tell you is as a long-term um, space launch and space person uh, in my previous, previous life in the Air Force, the thing that is really amazing to me is the the rapid expansion of technologies using Moore's law and others. You know, the small set alliance, the small set capabilities are becoming more and more prevalent, and the use of those is something that is really wiping the deck clean in terms of the way we used to think about how we would have to uh, do space and from a national security space perspective. You know, previously, the cost of launch was extremely expensive. The technologies uh, that were went, in, went into the satellites that we built, because they were so expensive and the technology wasn't there, we really had to put a lot of things. And we ended up making really big satellites that were, uh, that were very capable, ex- extremely capable. But in, in the, the words of former uh, General John Hyten, they were big, fat, juicy targets. What you have now is with small set, uh, small set technology proliferation, you have this game-changing capability where you can actually put multiple satellites in orbit to do things that contribute. They aren't going to be the you know the one one size fits all for everything, but in terms of a hybrid space architecture, small set technologies are really game-changing. And it, it's really exciting time to be here. You know, like I said, from my previous uh, roles to this one, it's just an incredible time to watch how things are proliferating. Yeah, on that career, that long time career in the Air Force, I wanted to ask you, you know, you're still, you could say, maybe getting your feet wet uh, with the private sector role that you have now. Uh, what are some of the aspects of that that you've noticed? Uh, just coming at it from a different side of things, you know, you're still, I'm sure, working with you know similar colleagues and things like that, but uh, just things that maybe you have noticed. Yeah, the thing that I found most most uh, interesting is it's all about telling a story and and making sure that you that you can communicate to the ultimate um, customer what the priorities could be. And if you can do this in a, in a mission partnership fashion, you know, we're not trying to sell a box right now. My perspective having come from the other side is that we want to, to basically link arm in arm with, with the customer uh, that has to basically fuel this capability and have a conversation about what the right thing to do is given you know, fiscal realities, budget priorities. There's a lot of different aspects that come into it, especially uh, within, obviously, the Pentagon, Capitol Hill, and and the executive office of the president. So all we're trying to come across is look at this new capability. What is it that you're going to need, and how can we contribute to helping you? Because at the end of the day, we're all taxpayers. We're all citizens, uh, and we want to do the right thing. And so we're trying to make that case, from my perspective, being able to have that kind of a conversation from the perspective of the private sector has uh, been very rewarding. 
looking at ahead of things, where do you see you know this all going? I know you laid out a little bit about what the small set technology is capable of, um, but is there anything on the horizon that you you're really excited about and uh, that you're that you're allowed to talk about? I guess is a good question. <laughs> yeah, well, from my perspective, as as a you know just joke you citizen here that that is really focused on this, what we need to do, in my opinion, and I think we're doing is we're looking at what is the future, what's the future posture that we might need to take, right? For the last 25 plus years, we've, uh, we as a nation have been engaged in, a, in an unfortunate um, conflict uh, in the Middle East with a lethal but not as sophisticated um, adversary, if you will. I don't mean to make light of that, but we've, we've kind of gotten used to dealing with the fight that we've had, if you will, for the last 25 years, what we need to be able to do as a nation, I'm not talking on virgin, I'm telling you as a nation, what we need to be able to do is prepare for a different uh, scenario in which we are, we are have an adversary, God forbid, that's a peer competitor in a different environment that's not very focused, very closed, like the Middle East might be in terms of cl- close and pro- closeness and proximity. We're now going to be in a potentially what we call anti-access area denial uh, air arena against a peer competitor that knows our Achilles heels, and we have to be prepared to protect the nation, our allies, and our interests, and are we ready for that? So that's the conversation that we're trying to have. We've done a really good job uh, looking backwards, but we we as a nation have made a made a history of preparing for the last war. And, and the last thing that we need to have um, to wake us up is, is an equivalent to Pearl Harbor. I don't mean to be dramatic, but, but if, we, if we have a Pearl Harbor going forward against a peer competitor, then that's a really bad day for the country. And that's what we're trying to be a part of a conversation about how can we help avoid that. Given you know, the external influences over uh, these, these types of things in terms of fiscal realities, you know, the, the government has a lot of, of issues to work through no matter what administration is in or whatever. This is just, there's a lot of demands on our, uh, on our resource. And so the question is, how do we tee something up that starts prioritizing the things that we need to focus on as a country that, are, that sometimes are beyond defense? And I, and I look forward to a, a really good conversation on that. Mark Baird is president of Voxbase, telling us about the company's recent launch. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. 
Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.